This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris Liss, the host of it, and... Uh, I don't know, this is kind of boring. I'm just bringing in my guy, Jeff Erickson, that uh, I talk to twice a week for three hours a day on XM. So it's not like most of you haven't heard us. Nice of you to bring me in as the boring guy, though. That's, I appreciate well, no, 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 you. No, no, no. Not in the uh, Matt Berry-esque sense that you were the boring guy. <laughs> I just meant boring because because people hear yeah. you and I uh, many times. Uh, right, right. I know. I know. Already. Well, look, we just had our stake league auction last night, and the thing about the stake league, which is different than all other leagues, is that, well, I mean, it's an IDP league, it's 16 teams, so those two things are unique right there, but also, really, it's the side bet, right? It's at the bottom half of our side bet in LA, there's you know probably six or seven guys going to be in it this year, now they, uh, Scott Jenstad and Vlad Sedler are going to be in it, and by the way, you know, they got to buy their, I mean, they... If, if the they, math is different, yeah, if, with eating, yeah. <laughs> because it's like if, if the loser's going to win, i got to buy two stakes because this team beat me, and then if they yeah. lose, they can, what, split the cost of everything? That's not that's not okay, right? I mean, something's, we got to figure that out, but we'll, we'll work that out. I'm not worried about those two guys too much. Um, those assholes, like, outbid me on uh, my kicker when I first tried to get a kicker. That's so annoying. You try to get that $1 kicker, and someone goes two, and then you just wasted your nomination. Right. Well, the funny thing is, like, it was, uh, it became a thing. Like, there are so many $2 kickers in this draft. I did it. I, I have two, a $2 Justin Tucker. I'm okay. It was like the second pitcher, uh, second kicker that came out. Really wasn't like, I was really not planning on that, but it's like, oh, okay, it kind of makes sense to do that. I know I'll like him and he's got a late buy. Well, there's two things, right? One is uh, kicking is so insignificant in this league because there's only three points per field goal. There's no like five points right. for a 50 yarder and four points for a 40 yarder. So, you know, right. that really uh, limits the difference between the kickers. You know, in NFFC, like, the kicking scores more. But there's fewer points scored all around in this league, right? Because there's no PPR. Yeah. So there's no flex. So the kicker kind of, even though he doesn't score that many, like, getting, like, 10 from your kicker is, like, way different than getting four. You know, like, actually makes a difference. So I'm, I'm sort of – I wasn't going to pay more than – I got Matt Bryan for a buck. There was no way I was paying. There are two things that I wasn't going to pay for was a kicker and a safety. The safeties are unpredictable. There's no way to know who's going to be a good safety. I swear to God, every year that I pay for a safety, it's totally worthless. Right. Uh, I, I hear you. I'm trying to look to see what did I pay at defensive back? Did I did I pay? Oh, you know, I might have gone to it for uh, Ha Clinton Dix. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I was going to get him, and then you, I, I but I knew that that dude would go for two because he's Green Bay. I'm surprised you're the one who did it. 
But I was well, gonna put I did it quickly. I thought someone would go three. I was just like, okay, I'll do it. It'll probably go three, but that's fine. It means someone else spends an extra marginal dollar. But he was our top rated defensive back according to the draft app. And I tried to do something a little different with the, the IDPs this year. I, I, I didn't want to go just the minimum on them. Uh, like I got Puzzlesny, I got Robert Quinn, and I got Clinton Dix for like two, two, and three, I think, respectively. Um, but or not, Clinton Dix was the two, one of the twos. But I just thought, you know, I, I got to do a little something different. I, I have been getting no marginal extra points for my IDPs in the past. You know, I, ne- I don't get the J.J. Watts of the world, and I think I'm losing out a little bit there. And it's, you know, those total points add up after a while. Yeah, you've been buying quite a few stakes, and I think it may be your uh, IDP, lack of IDP prowess. I've always it's made a profit little things on IDPs. Here and there. I've always, yeah. I have, I swear to God, I probably would have eaten steak like three, I would have been a buyer like three times had I not gotten huge IDP production. I had Watt one year, I had Jason Pierre Paul last year. Um, I, you know, this year I did pay up for, I think you, I paid up for Aaron Donald at defensive line. And I paid up for Levante David at linebacker. I think you pay up for defensive line. That's the one that's the hardest to replace. And there's like yeah, five premium guys. But the thing is, they can go through slumps. Remember, like, the Rams went like six weeks without a sack at one point in time last year. It's just killing you holding on to those guys. But Jason Pierre Paul, what an explosive player. Good job. Ex- uh, explosive. Yeah, very explosive. <laughs> that's a, it's really sad. You know what's funny is um, I saw the show Ballers and. Uh, our guy, uh, uh, Rob Cordry, who's this co-star, but actually listens to our show because I've traded emails right. with him. And, you know, he's the co-star of Ballers. It's just kind of cool that he just busted out on that big show right after that. Um, and there's a scene where he's like goes to meet Victor Cruz. And there's this other guy who you can kind of see on the side talking, you know, in the tattoo parlor that he meets Victor Cruz in. And it's Jason Pierre. I was like, that looks like Jason Pierre Paul. But the camera's not on him. And I almost feel like they cut out, like, because they obviously filmed that before he blew off his fingers. And... You know, I don't know if it's – I'm just making this up. I don't know if this is true, but I kind of mm-hmm. feel like he might not have wanted to, like, be, like, on that show goofing around and then blowing up. You know, it's just kind of, like, embarrassing. So it felt like they were cutting the shots. Like, you could barely see him, you know. Like, anyway, I don't know if that's true, but it was him, uh, and it's just tragic. You know, it's horrible for the Giants, and I think it'll turn – it's good for Eli and, and the offense in terms of getting into shootouts, but it's just that's just tragic. I mean, I mean, it's obviously so stupid, but, like – yeah. How, How long is it's depressing? When is he out? Is is he going to play this year? What's the deal with him? He's supposed to. I mean, he's barely talked to the coaches. He finally talked to Tom Coughlin. He wants to be back, and apparently he'll get back as soon as he can play. I, I don't know what the timetable is. I think you can play missing fingers, but you know, there's a lot of grabbing jerseys, and you know that you know it's like a wrestling match where you're yeah. grabbing and stuff, and you're missing two fingers. Your grip is not going to be that strong. Yeah, well, like the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks defensive back that lost a couple of fingers they, he said his career might be over that's a different position you need your hands a little bit more so maybe that has something to do with it but uh not something of course it has everything to do with it but um yeah it's yeah i, I guess i have no idea like what the timetable is on something like that uh but you know they're not the, the new york team with the dumbest non on the right. field situation here <laughs> i'm so glad that, that I, you know it was so hard being the New York team with the dumbest off-field situation, and and now we're you know it's such a relief to be off the hook. Yeah, just just a matter of time. Wow. Uh, well, no, well, Sheldon that. Richardson already did something crazy, and he's their best, like one of their best defensive players, if not their well, not Revis too. But Sheldon Richardson yeah. already went off the deep end, and then and he I don't know when he's going to be back, and then uh, and now Geno Smith getting punched in the face. 
Yeah. Well, it's all Rex Ryan's fault, clearly. Uh, good thing that's not happening, you know, under his watch. Oh, you know, it's just like, but, uh, you know, we were talking, the Geno Smith thing happened like the last hour of our show today. And someone made the comment, you know, things like this is what Twitter is made for. And it's so true. You know, I see it just that just things just blow up when that, that happens. You see like a whole string of things. First, you get the report. And the, oh, wow. And all that. Then you get the jokes. Right. Then you and then you get like the follow up news like, you know, oh, he had his finger in his face in an argument or something like that. And now we'll figure out eventually we'll figure out what they're arguing about, how he crossed the line or whatever to, to drive the guy to do that. But oh, how, how stupid can you be? I mean, that's just that's such a dumb way to go. Uh, terrible. I mean, he didn't know, but the other guys now released, I think, from the team. Just, just yeah. throw away your career, punch the dude in the face. But, you know, I actually kind of like Geno Smith a little bit. I, he looked good at times last year, and everyone kind of mocks him. But um, down the stretch against the Vikings, he was pretty good. He had a couple other decent games. Yeah. And he runs, and they just got Brandon Marshall and, you know, Jason Morrow, who was good at times, dropped a lot of passes, but, you know, he was a rookie. Um, will be in year two. So basically, you know, it, it's a decent setup. He's not out for the year. I mean, he'll be back in, like, whatever, October or something. But, you know, when you're dealing with a marginal guy who possibly could break out, who's on the fringes, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a non -dra You can't draft him. You know, I mean, even in the Stopa yeah. League, it would be tough to carry him for the six weeks you need to wait. For the payoff, that's just yeah, – I mean, he could be okay, but, yeah. you know, he's your second quarterback. He's your super flex. Maybe he's even your third that you use for bye weeks. Uh, but, you know, it's just – yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, the question is for you. Do you downgrade Brandon Marshall? Do you downgrade, uh, no. you know, Eric Decker at all? Not I don't all. think so because of you know the, the Fitzpatrick. Um, but and I wonder also if Fitzpatrick gets off to a terrible start, does Bryce Petty play? Is he actually worth something this year? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if about that, but I, I know Fitzpatrick's been. Re, uh, he's a very competent backup. You know, he, he averaged eight yards per attempt last year in three hundred attempts. I mean, he he actually had a better YPA than Peyton Manning last year. Um, so not that that's his real level, but he's a, a very competent backup, you know? So I, I don't, I don't see any fall off. I think Gino maybe had more upside. He has a bigger arm than Fitzpatrick. There was like, if he really kind of turned the corner, um, we might've seen something, but, um, in terms of just, you know, expected return from Marshall and Decker, I think it's, it may even be a plus. Yeah, it might be very well might be. So. Yeah, I I, did, I don't think I'm changing him at all. Uh, I was kind of wanting to get Marshall yesterday. I uh, didn't quite get him. I was a little bummed out about that actually. But let's talk about yesterday's auction because I, I fucked it up, man. I I I'm an idiot. I know how to do this, and I I screwed up. My team's fine, and I don't think I'll. St I think I'll you know knock on wood, still be an eater and laugh in someone's face as they're paying as I do every year, pretty much. But um, you know, I get Antonio Brown, who isn't my guy, really, especially in a non-PPR, but whatever, 46 or whatever I got him for was perfectly fine. Um, and Alfred Morris for 28, I felt very good about that in a non-PPR. I think he's money in the bank. But I just got out of the bidding on Odell Beckham around 46, and I was like 45, then I think somebody went 46. And then, like, afterward, I realized, what, what was I doing? And then Jeremy Hill comes up. Yeah, and he was, like, I was the surprised last about that. I don't know what the hell I was doing. I should have just spent more money early. And then Jeremy Hill came up, and I was like, I should probably make a stand for him. But, you know, I'll go up to like 40, 41, and he went a little higher than that, and I let it go. But I probably should have just gotten him yeah. once, once those guys had gone. And then Jeremy I went, Hill went more than that. I was the Jeremy Hill quote-unquote winner, at, and I paid 47 for okay. him. He was but, expensive. Yeah, he was okay. the last guy. At that point, and, it was probably too late, right? It was like 
it was like you either had to win Jeremy Hill at 47. But I think in a non-PPR, that's actually going to be fine. And I wish I had even gone 48. You know what I mean? Like I, because here's what ended up happening. And I started realizing, what did I just do? Like these rest of these guys all suck. There's no guarantee of any of them. So I was like, okay, DeAndre Hopkins, I had to go up to like 35 or 36 on him or something a lot, who I don't even love. But I was like, I can't, I got to spend this money. You know, I don't want to be spending my money on the Eric Deckers of the world. You know what I mean? I, I need to get some, somebody who's like a number one legit up, you know, on the upswing receiver. Um, so I got him and then I spent like 35 or 36 on Latavius Murray. Okay. Yeah. He and, is. Okay. And I was, see, I was in on that, you know, and I, you and I were kind of going and at that point in the draft. I think we we're both going after guys. I did something a little different this year. I purposely did not go after the elite tier. But those guys were underpriced. Yeah. In retrospect, they were underpriced, and I, I feel stupid about it. But I kind of want to have depth. I wanted to focus on that a little bit more. We talked a little bit about it on the show yesterday, but I think in a sixteen teamer like this, you got to have some redundancy. And I've done st- stars and scrubs to my detriment in the last couple of years, so I was trying something different. Again, doing something different. Uh, so I had like ninety bucks budgeted, eighty-five to ninety bucks budget on three running backs, and I kept. I let a couple guys go by, like Lamar Miller went for thirty-two. Wish I would have done the thirty-three. Don't guarantee. It doesn't guarantee I get him at thirty-three or even thirty-five. But when I spend forty-seven on Hill and the next player, and like, okay, now there's like Latavius Murray is the only guy left that I really want, or Joseph Randall. And those guys went mid thirties. Like, I, I kind of screwed that up. Yeah, I mean, I did too. I was right in the same boat. I mean, I. Again, I felt like I salvaged it decently by getting Murray and Hopkins, getting like high end second tier guys just to like team up with Morris, who I he's, he was actually cheap at 28 uh, in a non PPR. And then Brown, who I felt was a good deal. But I knew I, I could I know how this goes. I should have just gotten Beckham for 48 or 49 or whatever it was. I mean, think about it this way. Would you rather have Latavius and DeAndre Hopkins for 70 bucks or get Odell Beckham for, you know, 48 or 49 and then a twenty one dollar player i'd rather have beckham plus 21 than those two guys wouldn't you i would too now the thing is trying to find those 21 dollar players were hard they're you know like roddy white was going in the high mid mid 20s marcus colson was going there i don't <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. i don't want to pay that much for those guys um i i kind of wanted to do uh you know i i because again i wanted to kind of do the spread the wealth thing i got mike evans for 37 and i was happy with that but i just could not find that second wide receiver so I ended up getting like three thirds instead, which I'm a little nervous about. I wanted to get like a one, a two, and two threes. Uh, and instead, I just couldn't afford that. Yeah, I, your Mike Evans bid seemed like kind of aggressive and high. I was like, oh, Jeff's just going after the guys he likes. He's paying whatever. But then yeah, later in the it draft, was. it turned into a bargain. It was like, oh, right. he's only That's exactly seconds. how I felt. That's exactly my impression. I, I go, oh, I just kind of blew it with Evans there. What was I doing? I was that's a little <laughs> overpriced. But that was the last of the top tier. Right. You went crazy. You went not crazy, but you went hard after Hopkins. Um, I tried to surprise it because I didn't think you liked him. I that don't much. like Hopkins. He was just the last guy left. I'd way rather have Evans at thirty-seven than Hopkins at thirty-six or thirty-five or whatever I got him for. Yeah, and I was like, well, I was kind of hoping that Hopkins would be my two. I had like a list of tiers of guys I could go after, and just didn't work out the way it, it really was. The, the bargains were kind of early, and I regret it that I let a couple go by. And it, there, there is a maxim, and I don't want to be dogmatic, but don't let bargains go by in auctions tends to be true. You know, you see something you think is underpriced, take it and then figure out how to make it fit because you're, you're better off going that way and accumulating talent than having the perfect fit. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I again, like the labor auction, there were no bargains early, so I waited, and then I got bargains, and my team sucked because it's not guys I wanted, and I almost did that. I mean, I don't, I just got guys I thought I had to get at the time I had to get them, but I don't love any of my players. I'm not an Antonio Brown guy this year. Of course, he's going to be fine, I think. You know, I do like Alfred Morris. I was happy with that, but I'm not a Latavius Murray guy. He could be great, but there's so much hype around him, and I'm very dubious. He was a guy that I was just, I'm very agnostic on. I'm not down on him. I just don't know. I don't trust the Raiders. Uh, you know, I don't know if this guy can stay healthy. You know, he obviously has the, the, the physical specs to be a, a star running back, but who the hell knows, you know, in that system, in that situation, if it's going to work. Um, right. I, I thought about getting his backup. I thought about getting Halu, but then, I don't, you know, I just can't live like that. I can't play like that. Right. I, you right. know what? If I have to buy steak for everybody and they want to laugh in my dome because I've, I've done it to them so many times, I just rather I just rather pay the price than be trying to like you know get my backup for every position and you know I'm just gonna keep swinging for the fences even though my team I'm not that pleased with it I I still feel like I'm not gonna like start to just play conservative and and, and go for that right right stake right spot that'll halfway through the season when my team sucks then I'll do that then I'll be like okay I just gotta avoid buying stakes I think that that works I mean I don't think you're in that bad of shape I mean first of all it's 16 teams and every team looks like crap after after that um I, that's what I've noticed um that it's, it's rare I come out of there like oh I don't have any weaknesses no of course we have weaknesses you and I were kind of going longer heads on uh quarterbacks there too we were kind of shopping in the same district there too uh you I think I did I beat you out on Eli or was it someone else no, I, that was, I'd already had Brady when I was bidding on Eli I just I really yeah, liked that's right. Eli this year. I didn't want to see him go for 12. I would have really hurt my team, crippled my end game, but I was willing to do it just to like prevent someone like you from getting a bargain. So right. eventually you guys bid him up to like in the neighborhood. I got him at 18. Yeah. 18. I think and, I bid, and I budgeted 15 to 20. I wanted Romo. He went a little higher than that. Uh, you know, you know, the Kaepernick going for 22 with Peyton going 21 was a big eye opener to me. Uh, yeah. I, in retrospect, Peyton Manning at 21 was ridiculously cheap, but at the same time, I'm down on him a little bit. And so I'm, I just did, I was a little surprised. I, I almost pulled the trigger on 22 and couldn't thinking, well, that means Romo's going for 15. I'll get him. Now Romo went for like 22 or 23. It's just, it's funny how that worked out. Yeah. Roethlisberger went for 27. I mean, you know, the auction, nobody knows what's coming next and you see the, right. what everyone's budget is left. The ESPN chat room is pretty good. You, you can really kind of see everybody's, they do a good job of letting you see everybody's, um, bankroll so that you're yeah. you know so that you're always like okay I, here's where i need to wait here's these guys are going to vulture some guys for me i can't count on getting these other players um yeah. i made another mistake so i think my team's actually decent like compared to the other moronic bids that were going on in that room but it's <laughs> i, I should have done a lot better you know like so I, what was moronic let's call it out here well there were just all those like you know roddy whites for the mid-20s and you start going like 30 dollars on like you know 30 something on keenan allen i didn't like there were a lot of guys that were going in like the high 20s low thirties. And I just felt like it was driven because they waited too long. You know, people had too much money for yeah. what was left. And that's why I saw, saw the writing on the wall and I had to like blow my budget on Latavius Murray and Hopkins. who I didn't even like, but it's better than blowing it on guys who go in drafts two, three rounds later than that. You know, that, yeah, that's so, really- and that's the thing is like, I was like, okay, I resigned myself to not overpaying for that guy and taking what I get into cheaper guys. That's why I ended up settling for like, I was in on Keenan Allen. Uh, but I wanted him. I was not in on Roddy White and Marcus Colson because I can't. But I just I just couldn't do it. But you know, I was kind of like, okay, well, screw it. I'll take Brian Quick for nine instead. I'll take Aguilar for fifteen. I'll take Jarvis Landry for whatever I got him. I know it's not perfect, but I'd rather get 
those guys at those prices than to pay up for that that next year. I really wish I would have gotten that second thirty dollar wide receiver that was pretty good instead, especially when that you could get it early. Uh, you saw the writing on the wall. You called that at least. Um, I, I, my yeah. other component, I had this other thing that I didn't tell anybody about because I didn't want anybody knowing and bidding me up on every single player. But I had to go to an AYSO board meeting last night. You know, Pete scheduled this I think before they announced the meeting, but it was at our draft started at five. My meeting was at seven thirty. And so, like, towards the end, I'm trying to get one more wide receiver to get my fourth wide receiver. And then I'd let the auto, like, the, the auto bid uh, take care of my three last roster spots. But I could not get that last wide receiver. Like, I kept on getting bid out, like, on Allen Robinson and Charles Johnson, guys I kind of like. And it was just frustrating. So that's why I was like, I jumped on quick when I got him at nine. Uh, quickly got to him, you could say. Right. Uh, and I was fine with that, but I, did, I just I could not let anybody know that I need to leave. Because otherwise, I would never get a guy. Yeah, I would have definitely bid you up just to keep you there and torture you. At a principle. For sure. Well, or this is the deprive me of a player. Yeah. Um, As as you should. So that's why I was like, I had that added component of difficulty there. It it reminds me of in uh, middle school when uh, we take the Crosstown bus and there were guys that had to get off the bus and we'd physically hold them on the bus, not let them get off at their stop. And by the time they got off, they had to walk like eight blocks back to their house because we we held them on the bus. You're a bully. Uh, I, You're I know. A it's bully. terrible. It was terrible. Um, uh, and one of the dudes got so pissed, threw his book bag at the bus. Like after he got out, and all his books came flying out of his book bag at hitting the. That's bus. an the appropriate middle. response. Yeah, just <laughs> threw his book bag at. He's so pissed. Um, yeah, they should throw it, it at worth, you. It was worth it though. It was a bad thing to do, but it was, it was still worth it. I stand by it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I screwed. Uh, okay, so basically, I screwed up, but I didn't screw up as badly as I might have because I realized that I screwed up quickly and acted. Yeah. immediately you know what i mean it was like you, gotta, this, you, you have to have your figure on that auction figure out when things are going sideways that's one of the big things about auctions you just gotta pay attention don't can't just stick to your plan you gotta oh, no, jump no. when you need to i didn't have a plan but my plan actually usually is to buy a few of the big guys but i thought oh, i'll just wait i'll probably get a cheaper i was trying you know what it is i was trying to go to the penny wise pound foolish you know i thought i could shave a few bucks here or there yeah. off of yeah. beckham and get brian or off of brian and get demarius thomas and just kind of but that's just dumb. Just get two or three of those guys, and then, and then worry about it later. Worry about the the, you know, the, penny, the penny pinching at the, in the end game. I think that's a better right. way to go about it. And I didn't do that. Um, I also made one other error. I ha- I was kind of controlling a little bit of the end game for a while. I had the most money, um, and I needed a third receiver. I had Devonte Parker as my third receiver, but who the hell knows when he's going to play or be relevant? And then I got right. another guy like that in Dante Moncrief. Well, I like them both, but it's like it could be week eight if ever before they're like regular contributors. So I, Dwayne Bowe came up, and I was like, this is the perfect guy for me because in a 16-team league, if he goes five for 60, that's, that's enough. It doesn't matter five. There's no PPR. Just if I can get six points out of that third receiver slot, good enough. Um, so I, I kind of got into a bidding war and, and ended up spending like seven bucks on him at the end, which was a lot, and it cost me Zach Ertz. So I ended up with Vernon Davis, who I like, but I, I kind of I think like Ertz, Davis better almost. Oh, you do? I just think Ertz yeah. has like some real upside this year. Yeah, but he's second string right now. Yeah, but that, that depth chart crap doesn't mean anything. I mean, it, well, the last couple of games of the season, I mean, it was the last game of the season, Ertz had like, you know, 12 catches for 150 yards or something crazy. I thought, okay, maybe they're going to unveil him next year. Maybe not. Uh-huh. Maybe. Yeah, anyway, it cost me Ertz getting bow, but I did need a third receiver with a job. The other guy I got for a buck, Jeff, <clears throat> and I'm glad nobody took him from me, is Terrell Pryor. I mean, this dude is like 6'4", 230, and runs a 4'4". I mean, he's he's like Julio Jones. There's like Calvin Johnson, and then there's like Terrell Pryor and Julio Jones are tied for like the second most 
athletic receivers in the league, you know, for big guys. Mm -hmm. And who knows if he can run a route or whatever, but how hard is it to learn? I mean, I mean, how hard is it to learn? I, I just think that like he could be the Josh Gordon this year. Possible. It is possible. Uh, I, you know, it'd be nice if he were healthy. He's, he's going to miss the first preseason game with that hamstring injury, but you know, for a buck, why not take the chance? Uh, you know, my only other problem is because I put in an auto draft at the end, I had like Tyler Eifert and, and Dwayne Allen in my queue thing. I get one of them. I got both of them. So I have three tight ends now, but that's not helpful. But so it cost me a handcuff wide receiver or running back. But besides that, yeah, but going, I, I only tie in cause that's, that's the type of guy I'd like to get for my last pick. I did get, but I get like, I did get Matt Jones who I like. I did get Tyler Eifert who I like computer got that for me. So I like both of those too. Yeah. Um, Eifert, I mean, you're the Bengals guy, but I don't know if you did the note, but basically he's he's like getting a lot of run in camp, and there's no other tight end there, right? I mean, he could be – I mean, he's a first-round pick, right? And he basically missed his second year. His rookie year doesn't really matter. He was co – he was like sharing snaps with Gresham, and he was a rookie tight end. Rookie tight ends never do anything. Misses his second year. This is sort of the breakout year for him, right? I mean, he could be – you know, Jimmy Graham wasn't Jimmy Graham at one point. Rob Gronkowski was just some dude who was drafted in like the third round or whatever he was drafted. Like, yeah. You know, these guys become stars, especially at tight end, a couple years into their, you know, into their careers. And we don't know who it is initially who's going to be. Eifert could be that guy. I mean, the, they say he's like uncoverable in camp or something. That was our note on him. Yeah. Good news indeed. Uh, and he's healthy. I expected this last year. I was big on Eifert last year. Um, so yeah, maybe this is the year it happens. You know, it's The thing is, the Bengals offense last year, one of the things, my one of my trepidations with Jeremy Hill is that the offense – was so run oriented in the second half because they just had nobody they could throw to. So they by like they were forced to just be a ground team. Now that they have Marvin Jones back, now they have Eifert back and they have a healthy AJ Green, it could be a completely different offense. But that also could open up that could work both ways. It could also open up lanes for Hill too. Yeah. They're gonna run the ball, you know, four hundred times at a minimum, probably four hundred fifty to five hundred times. I mean they're gonna run the ball, right? They're gonna they're gonna get Yeah, because they're good at running the ball. They got a great offensive line. So that's still gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, and it's just they're going to get enough carries that I don't think sort of the run-pass balance worries me for Hill at all. I mean, he's going to get his 250 carries if he's healthy, right? I mean, he's going to get maybe 280, but he'll get 250. The, the weird thing is, you know, in PPRs, people are taking Hill early second, and, and he did catch some passes last year, but Bernard was hurt. But it's like Bernard was kind of a rising star heading into last season, and I don't see how they're just going to kick him to the curb and say you're not really part of this team anymore. So I expect that on third down, he's going to get a lot of work. He's going to catch 45, 50 balls, maybe more. So there's really no room for Hill in PPR, right? There's no possible way he can catch more than 30 balls. Can't, I mean, can they throw it 30 times to Hill and 50 times to Geo? And then, you know, 75 catches for Eifert and, you know, 60 for Marvin Jones and 40 for Sanu and, you know, 90 for A.J. Green. I mean, is there enough balls to go around in the offense to support that? Probably not, but we'll see. I, just, I mean, I, they, I think they, they run more plays than they used to in the past. I don't think they're like the total defense shut it down and try to win 14 to 10 games anymore. I mean, I think it's, it's in that division has actually become more wide open. Pittsburgh is going to be in a lot of shootouts this year. You know, I don't think Baltimore's defense is a complete shut it down unit. So I think they're going to have to run enough plays, but I don't know. It, it, there, there's going to be some retraction from him, I think. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and real quick, uh, you know, we're, it's good enough football uh, talk. I want to talk a little DFS. I had my biggest score last night yeah. ever. 
one seven hundred fifty bucks, and it was a total accident. Setting the lineup on air too, no less. That was the best part. Yeah, I got some tweets like people like set some of those same guys, which I'm happy about. But basically, yeah, we basically we were talking about which pitchers we liked, and I said I kind of like Jonathan Gray uh, against the Mets, and he because he was like forty six hundred, he was so cheap, right? And then so all I was able to was, yeah, and you double all you all you had to do was go six innings, and basically you profit. Yeah, and, and he should have got the – I mean, he was they were winning in the eighth, right? The Mets scored. Yeah. They were up 2-1 in the eighth, or maybe it was the seventh. I think it was the eighth, though. They were 2-1. to one. If he gets the win, I win two grand, right? If he gets that four points, because, yeah. like, nobody had him, right? Barely, barely anybody had him. So um, that sucked. The Rockies' bullpen is a joke. Boone Logan, he, they loaded the bases, and then he hit a guy with a pitch to tie the game. I mean, just give up a home run or something. Don't hit somebody with a pitch, even a walk. You know, even a wild pitch to let the guy in from third, but then you hit the guy with the pitch to tie yeah. the game and cost me a win. Jesus. And then that, and then that single to put them ahead was as weak as a Babbitt ball as you can get too. Oh. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of like Tula would have gotten at people there seeing it, seeing it go by Reyes, even though Reyes is not like a bad range guy or anything like that. But uh, still um, it's kind of like, Oh, that, that, but then again, he loaded the bases in the first place too. That, yeah, but, that's, but who cares? I know. I, I think someone else loaded the bases. No, the he part. didn't. I'm not. Not he didn't. I'm oh. saying the, the bullpen. Did. Yeah, I, the bullpen. Well, but no, but so also, it's not like I they were care. unlucky. You know, the I, walk I, is killer. Well, I, I didn't care. I just, I hope they hit. They scored 30 runs in that inning. I mean, once they, once, I know, once they I, tied, you, I, I get that way too. Me. My win is blown. Yeah. You know, the, the single afterwards is just who cares. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that was cool and and you did contribute one player. I was remember I had filled out my lineup and I had like thirty two hundred left and you're like three thousand. Adam Jones done and I yeah. probably would have done that anyway because I had Machado but he did hit a home run, did help put me over the top. Home run plus he had a double also I think yeah, and scored good. another run. Yeah, that was nice. It was. I had fun. him going too. It was pretty fun too. I mean you know DFS it's come on it's so addictive it's it's not a healthy habit. I I I should be just doing it twice a week but I started bleeding into three, four times a week. But it was pretty awesome when uh, when I was in the money, you know, I had like you know 125 bucks or whatever, and then Pollock goes deep and Wellington Castillo triples with the bases loaded in maybe oh. like a, a three minute span, and I'm watching both those games. I'm toggling between them. Uh, no, I mean it's the same game, obviously. But Castillo triples with the bases loaded. Pollock goes deep, and I'm just like, you know, I know, you know, I know it's going to be worth a lot. I don't know exactly what it's worth, but you see the you see the ball go, and you're like, whoa. This is like going to be a serious cash this time. That's a good feeling in right. DFS. Right, right. I mean, and a little moment for Wellington Castillo. 13 homers with the Diamondbacks in like 48 games. Couldn't buy a playing time with the Cubs. The Mariners flipped them after six games. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, they got uh, Mike Zanino doing what he's doing offensively. Uh, again, another good moment for Jack Z there. And he got and he took on Trumbo as, as the added bonus there, so. Good job, Jack. You get the feeling, though, if Zanino were traded instead of Castillo, he'd be doing this in Arizona. You know, it's like Seattle's place hitter's going to die. You know, it's, just, yeah. it's a terrible – the organization, the park, everything. It's just terrible. It is. It is really awful. All right. On that note, that's a great way to finish. Um, all right, Jeff. Appreciate your coming on. We'll right. revisit this at some point again and uh, catch up to you soon. You've been listening to the Rotowire East Coast Offense Podcast. I'm Chris Liss. To get a free trial for Rotowire, go to rotowire.com slash pod. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. 
then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13.